This is Leaders Lens, the show that reveals what it really takes to become a great leader. I'm Jacob Espinoza, a Fortune 500 leadership consultant and director of creator success at Workweek. Let's go. We are back right here at the Leaders Lens podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. My name is Jacob Espinoza. I'm the founder of Leaders Lens. I'm a fractional COO, and I'm the host of this podcast. And I'm loving this season talking about conflict resolution because conflict is a culture killer when you cannot handle it correctly. We see a lot of teams where we're very passive. We don't really address conflict. Things get swept under the rug. And the problem is when things get swept under the rug, they just bubble up and become big things. By learning to resolve conflict, we can get in front of things, a lot of times be proactive, solve issues before they happen, or stop them while they're still manageable. But the problem is we don't get a lot of opportunity to develop ourselves in understanding how to resolve conflict. And a big, big component of resolving conflict, it is the ability to listen. Now, if you ask my girlfriend, you know, sometimes I'm not the best listener. If you ask people in my life. Generally, you know, there are times where I'm not the best listener. I try my best, try to stay focused, try to understand people. I feel like I generally have good intentions, but I'm not always a great listener, right? It's something you have to focus on. It's something that requires a lot of practice, but I am not alone in being a not great listener. The truth is most of us are terrible listeners and studies show that people are pretty bad. So we are preoccupied 75% of the time while listening is what the study showed. So while we're trying to be engaged in a conversation, 75% of the time we are in conversation, we are actually preoccupied thinking about something else, focusing our attention somewhere else. And this might be a big reason why. Less than 2% of the population around the world has received any sort of formal education on listening effectively. Now, with this being such a critical skill, it is hard to imagine how few of us actually receive training in how to be good listeners. It's a big deal. It really is. But here at the Leaders Lens Podcast, we have your back. You will have an advantage because you listen to this episode. And I am putting the official Leaders Lens formal training stamp on this podcast. We're going to consider this formal training. So because you've gone through this, you will be in that 2% of the world's population. So thank you for being here, making that possible. That's a big deal. Your top 2% listeners, as far as formal training, you have to put it into practice to actually be a good listener though. So we're going to learn about it here. Then we're going to take it away. We're going to put it into practice and we're going to focus on this framework. It is the SEER Hierarchy of Active Listening. That is S-I-E-R. That is an acronym. It stands for sensing, interpreting, evaluating, and responding. Now, this is a structured approach to listening. Generally, what we do, instead of taking this process, instead of using this framework, we get directly to responding. We're just waiting for our turn to talk if we're even paying attention, right? Generally, we're doing less listening. We're doing more talking. If you are having a coaching conversation with your employee, 
I want to challenge you to listen 70% of the time and talk only 30% of the time. We have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And while we are listening, we can use this framework to be listening effectively. I'm going to say this again. So it's sensing, interpreting, evaluating, and responding. So first, sensing. Let's dive in. So before we even try to understand the message, we need to really hear what is being said. We want to sense what is being said with the message. And we are going to do this by one, staying present, staying in the moment, avoiding distractions, close all your windows. Uh, If it's a Zoom call, put your phone away, stay in the moment with your team. That is challenging because we have the entire world trying to distract us all at once, usually with all the notifications on our phones, with all the pop-ups we get, with all the emails that come in, the Slack messages, like distractions are everywhere. So staying present It will set you apart as a leader. It will set you apart, staying in the moment. It will also allow you to pick up on nuances in the message. So you'll be able to better hear the tone, how the tone's changing when people are talking about certain things. Is this something they're excited about? Is this something that they're feelful? Is there a concern there? Are they just venting in the moment? By being present in that conversation, we'll be able to pick up on these things a lot easier. We'll be able to notice changes in the tone and the facial expressions and even the body posture. Even on a Zoom call, we can pay attention to these things and it will help us be a more effective listener, which will in turn help us be a more effective leader. It will help us understand where our team is coming from. Are they anxious? Are they excited? These are are critical in understanding what is actually being said because there's so much more than what the words that are, are chosen. And it's also why it's great to have those phone conversations, the Zoom conversations being in person when we need to have an impactful conversation because via text or via email, it's going to be a lot harder for people to pick up on the tone that we are, we're trying to convey. So if it's a really serious conversation, we want to make sure people understand like this matters. I need you to hear this. I need you to pay attention to this. And if it is an email or a text or we're receiving an email or text or something like that from somebody else it's going to be a lot harder for us to really sense the meaning behind the message and the emotions that are coming with it, which are an important piece. The second piece is the I, the interpreting. So once we get a better idea of the message, it's it's important that we interpret or understand the meaning behind it. And often this is going to be done by asking clarifying questions. Can you elaborate on that? What did you mean when you said this? Am I understanding you correctly? We don't want to assume that we understand where people are coming from. It just takes a moment to verify. And by taking that moment to verify, we can ensure that everybody's on the same page as we take go to the next step, which is evaluating. So after interpreting, after interpreting rather, now's the time that we actually think through the message's importance. This is where we can do some reflection. This is uh, emotional intelligence plays a critical role in this and allowing us to make a respond as opposed to reacting to the message. So this is a chance where we actually take time to process. I'm going to challenge you to avoid immediate reactions. Do not jump to conclusions. Do not immediately take somebody's side. Don't immediately say something that you might end up regretting, like getting defensive in the moment. Take a deep breath, create some space, allow yourself to really evaluate what's being said before you respond 
and think through data points, especially if you're somebody that you know is going to really be be moved by your emotions. Think about data points, make a logical decision. Emotions are important, as of course, but we don't want to discredit the, the logic behind it and the, the data. And this might come with us asking for specific examples of a situation that's being discussed. Because if somebody can give us specific examples of what's happening, we have a more clear picture of the actual impact of the moment and then or the impact of the event that's being discussed. And then the fourth, responding. This is the final step, responding to the message. And again, usually we just jump to step four. We hear something, we immediately respond, and we're trying to get on to the next thing because we're busy. There's a lot of things on our plate. We might feel like this isn't critical, mission critical in that moment, but I want to challenge you to take these steps. You might take an extra five, 10 minutes, but you might save a great employee. You might prevent yourself from making a, a bad decision in the moment because you didn't take the steps to actually sense, interpret, and evaluate the message before responding. One way you can do this is with I statements. So instead of saying, you shouldn't feel this way, be more empathetic, use I statements. I understand why you might feel that way based on what you shared. And then we might move forward with another perspective. Um, But also it's okay to offer constructive feedback. If somebody provides an idea and you know it's not gonna work, if we've taken the, the steps before responding, it'll be a lot easier for us to navigate that conversation and show that we appreciate somebody thinking outside the box, but then also recognize like, here are some challenges I would participate, anticipate happening with this idea. Have you thought through these and give them time to clarify. So by taking the time to go through this process and follow this framework, as opposed to just jumping straight to responding, we'll be able to have a more impactful conversation in the moment. And that's gonna be a big deal for keeping the best, your best people engaged. That's gonna be a big deal for creating a culture where people want to innovate, where people want to bring new ideas to the table and don't feel like they're coming to a boss who just says no to everything without actually taking the time to hear their ideas and show them how valued they actually are. So small changes, it's always small changes that go a long ways. And the framework, the SEER framework, sensing, interpreting, evaluating, responding. If we can follow these four steps, we're gonna be way better. If we can follow these four steps, we'll be much more effective listeners. And if you're a great listener, it's a lot easier to be a great leader. Whenever I introduce a framework or learn about a new framework, I usually immediately think about times that would have helped me as a leader because there are a lot of times where not being an active listener cost me momentum with the team, momentum with a, a specific person, whether it was me not, putting everything away and avoiding distractions, or it was me jumping to responding and assuming I understood the intention behind a message. Like it happens, right? Nobody's going to be a perfect listener. The idea though, is let's get better. Let's think about how can I implement some of this into my day to day so that I can be a more impactful leader because this is a small change that's going to go a long ways. I mean, if we follow these steps and how we listen, And we're even thinking about these steps as we're having a conversation with an employee, it can absolutely prevent a lot of missteps. Like we're still not going to be perfect. Nobody is, but it can help us make progress and do a better job of making sure people feel appreciated and supported. I once had a manager I was working with that came to me with a problem and 
the problem itself, it seemed like such a small thing in that moment that I thought they were just joking. Like I thought it was a joke. I thought that there was almost like a exaggeration of how they were feeling. And so as they were telling me about how frustrated they were about this thing, I laughed. Like I thought it was just a joke and I feel bad. I'm embarrassed to say this now because this really hurt this individual I was working with. Like it damaged the relationship for a little bit. Trust had to be rebuilt. And it was a reflection of my own inexperience and bias, you know, towards a situation and how, what an appropriate response would be to that situation. Because the reality is people handle things so differently depending on their life experiences, depending on, you know, their own self-doubt they're going through. If somebody's new in a role, they're probably dealing with imposter syndrome. So things going wrong might seem like a bigger deal to them than they actually are because they're thinking about like, what are people saying about me? Are people doubting my ability as a leader? Like, am I going to get in trouble? You know, should I have not applied for this job that I was so excited for? Like, who knows what's going through their head? And it amplifies the stresses and the negative things that are happening on the team. But I didn't see that in the moment. And when they were explaining this situation, I laughed. I saw like the look of horror on their face. And I took a deep breath and I was, I apologize. Like, I really am sorry. I misread this situation. Let's talk about it a little bit further. So I got immediate, I stepped, jumped straight to responding, right? Had I taken the time to really sense what was happening, to interpret it, to evaluate it, I would not have come to the conclusion that it was okay to chuckle in this moment. And it might seem like a silly thing, but it's a big deal. Like these sort of missteps can literally be the reason people quit. Like if they're already approaching, you know, that place, they're already frustrated in the role. Even if we see them as a talented person and we see them as somebody we really want to be part of the team because we see the value that they bring, like those sort of missteps can be massive in, in impacting somebody's experience. And it's just important that we do the, the things that we need to do to prevent those sort of situations. It, it really is a big deal. And just by following this framework, I would have avoided a lot of that, which would have been cool. My girlfriend's calling me right now. She's going to be so mad that I'm sending it to voicemail, but I'm recording a podcast. You know, what does she want me to do? Hopefully she'll hear this though, Mick. Oh, okay. At least he shouted me out. At least he shouted me out on the podcast. But this whole quarter is about conflict resolution, right? It's all about conflict resolution. So how does this framework prevent conflict? And here's how it can really help you on your team prevent conflict. It's going to challenge you to take the time to understand what is actually happening. We're not going to make decisions based on one side of the story. We're not going to make decisions based on limited information. We're going to take the time to really actively listen and understand what is happening and understand it from multiple people's perspective as well, right? We never want to make a decision based off one person's side of the story. We want to make sure we're doing our due diligence and there might be different people that play different roles depending on how big your organization is but making sure we're understanding all sides of the story before we get to that evaluate piece, right? Before we really evaluate what's happening, before we make assumptions on who did what, we might see somebody in a certain lens. And so we assume there's no way they could have been part of the problem. And we might see this other person as like always ruffling feathers and rubbing people the wrong way. So we might automatically assume that they are you know, causing conflict but that's where we need to check our biases and really take the time to understand what's happening, assuming the best intentions of everybody involved, doing our due diligence and asking questions, 
listening, seeing people deeply, understanding why people do the things that they do. Just giving like a checklist right now at the bullet points of, of things we can be doing in this situation. And that will actually really help us in making informed decisions where everybody feels valued and heard before we decide what the next steps are. If we need to hold somebody accountable, if there are impacts on the team that we need to address, if it's a coaching conversation, whatever it might be, taking these steps will help us in avoiding conflict, making sure that people feel valued and heard and respected, even when we don't agree with what they're saying. And I think that's the critical piece is you should never as a leader feel like you have to always give in to what people are saying or say yes to everybody's idea. That's not the point. The point is we're making sure everybody feels heard and we give everybody an opportunity to shine and, and to speak their mind because everybody's voice should be valued in your organization. And by following this framework, you'll be much more effective at making sure everybody's voice is heard and everybody is valued in your organization, which is gonna help you stand out as a great leader. If you got value from this episode, send it to a friend. We love seeing the five-star reviews coming in. The podcast is growing, which means you're sharing it. We really appreciate that. If there's a topic that you want me to talk about, jacob at workweek.com. That is my email address. I would love to hear what topics you want on this podcast, what you want in the newsletter, because this is entirely created because I believe managers don't get enough development. Most managers get put into a role. They have to figure it out on their own, and it just makes their life stressful. It makes the life of everybody on their team stressful because they aren't given the tools, the skills, the support needed to be effective. Like leadership is a big deal. And that's why I'm here because I believe that and I believe in people's potential. So shoot me a line, jacob at workweek.com. I would love to hear from you. What do you want me here to talk about next? I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the show. Don't miss another episode of Leaders Lens and the inside scoop on becoming a great leader. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love Leaders Lens, please tell a friend.